0: Its ministry musicians. the word, there is a word for you. As we continue this series that God has given us, that is entitled "A Time of Harvest." This is the ninth message in this series. The ninth message that God has given us. Amen. And I believe that God has spoken in a powerful way. I am convinced that God, preachers take too much credit for stuff that God does. Amen. Because it's, I mean, I know we are living in the days where you got preacher personalities. You got folk that will follow personalities. But I'm convinced, as I've told you before, that God's word supersedes any human involvement. In other words, God can use anybody. And so he will speak to us today. This is a unique message today. I want to preface that before we even read the scripture and I hope you receive it in the spirit in which God has given it to us. This is the ninth message. The text today is found in the Old Testament prophet of Hosea. Chapter six of the book of Hosea, verses ten and eleven. We have chosen the message Bible as uh the version of the text that we want to share with you today, for it puts it, the message bible puts it in a very vivid and a very powerful way. I said to you on Tuesday night, pray for me because this is one of those messages. That when God gave it to me, I say, really, God? <laughs> I thought you liked me better than that. Amen. You really want me to preach this? God said, yes. I do want you to preach it. And let me say this before we, I told the church this morning, there's a difference between a traveling evangelist and someone who's your pastor. For evangelists come, and I, I told the church sometimes, Stokes, it's so easy to be an evangelist. I get me five messages and travel around the country and preach all five of them everywhere. But when you are a pastor, you have to give people what they like and even what they don't like. And you have to challenge their comfort levers. Amen. So here is God's challenge to all of us, beginning with the preacher. Verse 10, the message Bible, Hosea chapter 6, the ninth message in the series. Hosea speaks on behalf of God and he says this, I saw a shocking thing in the country of Israel. Ephraim, who is also sometimes referred to as Israel, it was the leading tribe in the northern kingdom. Ephraim worshiping in a religious whorehouse and Israel in the mud right there with him. Verse 11. You are as bad as the worst of them, Judah. Just because your name stands for praises doesn't mean you're all of that. I'm preaching already. You are as bad as the worst of them. Now, listen to this. You have been sowing your wild oats. And the last clause in the 11th verse says, now it's harvest time. You've been doing everything you're big enough to do. Lying and cheating and scheming. Now It's harvest time. Before you sit down, look at someone standing next to you and hear the words for the subject for this ninth message. Look at someone and say, A painful harvest. A painful harvest. Clap those hands as you take your seat and give the Lord a hand of praise. You may be seated. A painful harvest. Amen. Pray for the preacher. (laughs) For over the past eight messages, we have preached eight messages in the last 11 weeks. We have discussed the harvest from the perspective of those who are faithful. We talked about how we are expecting a blessed harvest. We shared with you the text that's found in Deuteronomy chapter 28 when Moses says to the children of Israel, and all of these blessings shall come upon you and shall overtake you. Bless in the city, bless in the fields, bless going in and bless coming out. We talked about the latter rain harvest. God says, I will not only send you the former rain, the rain in the fall, but I will send you the spring rain, that latter rain. And I will bless your harvest that it will not ripen before its time. And all nations shall call you blessed. I would do for you what no other God can do. Somebody say, "Bless harvest. We've shouted, we've prayed, we've testified, and we've declared that, Lord, this is my year for the blessed harvest. However, in this 12th week of the year, in today's message... God says, I would like to challenge us to examine the harvest. May I take my time and preach this from the opposite perspective. The opposite of the blessed harvest. The opposite of the highly favored and and, and blessed by God harvest. The opposite of those who've done all I've asked them to do, and now they're waiting on a breakthrough. God says to me, Darrow, in this ninth message, I need you to stand up and tell them that there is another kind of harvest Ooh, that is the opposite of the blessed harvest. That is the harvest for those who are not faithful. Harvest for those who are not obedient. Harvest for those who who, I'm not talking about those people that are not perfect and, and every now and then they, they go astray or make a mistake. I'm talking about the harvest for the deceivers, those folk who hypocritically condemn others while themselves living in a horrible, wretched life, can I preach? Harvest of those who do their best to harm others. Harvest of those who are jealous who, who who find themselves angry at somebody else's blessings and take their time to bring down other people and can I preach? Harvest of those who shout over you on Sunday will not speak to you on Monday. Harvest of the fakers, cheaters. Those who know in their heart they have no intent to do in God's will. Harvest of those who are too busy to worship God parted too hard in five points to come to church on Sunday morning. I'll catch them later. Harvest of those who reap the blessings of God but are not faithful to God When it comes to their worship and their service to God. The harvest of those that are so selfish and every one of their prayers is all about blessing me and my family. What God can do for me and walk by those that are in need without having any compassion or any feeling. The harvest of those who ignore the homeless. Ignore the veterans that are homeless and will not go with our brothers to the homeless veterans shelter. I need to preach. But yet we spoke our titles. We have our positions. question is, what do you ever do outside of doing it for yourself? I need to preach this morning. God says, speak from that perspective and let them know that everyone, regardless of who you are, We'll reap a harvest. Question is, question is not, Lord, will I reap a harvest? The question is, what kind of harvest will you reap? Oh, I need you to help me and tell somebody you're going to reap something. Because whether you know it, you are always planting something. That smile to bless others is a seed to bless somebody. That frown also is a seed to hurt somebody you're always planning something preaching now God says you're going to reap something the apostle Paul puts it this way in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 first clause of verse 8 the NIV translation Paul says do not be deceived God cannot be marked. A man reaps what he sows. I'm here to tell you, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit reap eternal life. It amazes me how parents wait until their children are grown and they'll wonder why they're behaving like that. Well, when, you, when they stayed in your house, teenagers, and you should have made them get up and come to church. And We used to come whether we liked it or not. And daddy said, not only are you going to come, you're going to sit there and you will behave because you're in my house. We have gotten so now that we wonder why they operate the way they do because they have more seeds from rap artists, more of Jay-Z and Beyonce's seed than in the word of God. You've got people raised by Christian families that more more lyrics from Beyonce than they do scriptures. You want to know why they can't get a prayer through? Then you've got folk that aren't real. You've got folk that are evil. Uh, David says, fret not thyself. Psalms 37, because of evildoers. Them that worketh in iniquity. They say, soon be cut down like the grass and withered like the fresh plant. In other words, your day is coming. Look at somebody and say, it's coming, it's coming. You will reap what you sow. And don't, don't you think, God may not, it may not come right away. You, you, it, it, it may take a while, but you're going to wonder, why, why am I catching it so? God said, because you sowed that way and you planted that way and you only harvest what you plant. And if you plant joy, one day you'll reap joy. But if you plant negativity and always uh, trying to hate on other folk and always trying to rain on other folk parade and as the young people say, throw shade on other folk, then you are never going to get what God has for you. But you've got to know how to bless others and watch God bless you. But evil will reap evil. <laughs> I've got news for the current octopus current one who resides on pennsylvania avenue just because your name's on a tower doesn't mean your name is above all names but at the name of jesus i feel like preaching every knee shall bow that means trump knee got to bow at the name of jesus every tongue must confess you may be getting by right now folks say you may be riding high right now sooner or later payday is coming after a while old folk used to put their time in Dick and Nesbitt, your your mom and others used to sing us something, put your time in young folk don't know anything about that Payday is coming. After you can't treat folk all kinds of ways. You can't act all kinds of ways. You can't be all bitter and evil. You can't think you've gotten by. Just because you've gotten by yesterday doesn't mean you've gotten away. God says, I know your downsettings and your uprisings. I know the thoughts in your heart are far off. Paul speaks of destruction. He speaks of that painful harvest. The things that happen in our lives when we're not in line with the will of God. You can't live outside of the will of God. Think things won't happen in your life. Let us visit the text. It's a wonderful anointed text as found in the Old Testament writings of the book of Hosea. It is recorded by Hosea the prophet, according to most biblical scholars. It is suggests that Hosea the prophet served, and this is important. I don't always give the timing of the text, but this one has relevance. Hosea the prophet served Israel from 753 to 715 B.C. Why is that significant, Pastor Jackson? Because this was a very difficult time to be a prophet. The people had turned their backs on God. Everyone was doing their own thing. People who God had blessed so with prosperity had forgotten the God of their prosperity. Uh, They had turned their backs on God so much. One prophet referred to them as backsliding heifers. God says, you have gone whoring under every green tree. I brought you out of Egypt when you thought you were doomed for life. I raised up a deliverer by the name of Moses in Pharaoh's house who chose rather to suffer the affliction with the children of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I sent Moses back to Egypt with signs and wonders. I destroyed the firstborn in all of Egypt, including Pharaoh's firstborn and the heir apparent to the Egyptian throne. I told Moses to put the blood on the doorpost of the household of Israel. And the death angel will ride through Egypt that night. But when I see the blood, whew, I'll pass over your house. I brought you out of bondage, kept you in the wilderness, gave you bread to eat, gave you meat to eat, gave you water from a rock, kept you for 40 years, gave you houses you did not build, gave you a land called Canaan. I evicted other people from their land just to give you your land. I knocked down the walls of Jericho. You did not have to raise a hand. All you had to do is march around the walls and shout to the glory of God. And I gave you other people's territory. I gave you stuff you did not earn or deserve. I would think that you would be grateful. I would think that you will always find time to praise me. But yet you have abandoned me. You have turned your backs on me. So God raises up a prophet by the name of Hosea. May I take my time and share this with you this morning? This was as unique of a prophet as any in the Bible. The setting of Hosea is a unique story because Hosea was a faithful prophet who had been waiting on the right woman to make his wife. But God said to Hosea that I'm going to do something through you to show you how Israel has hurt me. And Hosea, I need to use you as an example. So I 'm going to instruct you to choose a prostitute as your wife, an adulterous woman who will repeatedly cheat on you and break your heart. Can I preach this in chapter one and verse two verses six and verse eight of chapter one? Here is what the text says in Chapter 1, verse 2, the New Living Translation, it says, But now bring charges against Israel, your mother, for she is no longer my wife. I am no longer her husband. Amen. God said this to her. after go to uh, chapter 1, verse 2. It says, When the Lord began to speak to Israel, he said to Hosea in verse 2 of chapter 1, Go and marry a prostitute. Look at this. I want you to see this. Go and marry a prostitute so that her children will be conceived in prostitution. In other words, I'm going to instruct you to marry a prostitute knowing she has not and will not change. And she will bring in your house children from her prostitution that I will instruct you to raise Good God Almighty, in your house by your unfaithful wife. Go and marry her and some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate, verse 2, chapter 1, how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping idol gods. Verse number 6. It says, uh, then Hosea married some woman by the name of Goma. Uh, She first of all gave Hosea a son. That was his. Talks about that earlier. But then verse 6 says, she got pregnant again. And this time she produced a daughter that was not Hosea's. It was a daughter from her prostitution and from her illicit affairs all out there. Name her Loharamaha, which simply means not loved. In other words, she's produced a child not out of love, but out of her flesh. And then verse 8 says, and Goma had to wean her while this first child, daughter, uh, born out of prostitution, was still young. She got pregnant again. Again, from somebody whose father she did not know who he was. But bring her back to your house. And this second child's son, name him Lohamana, which simply means not my people. In other words, you've taken in people in your house that was not conceived out of love. You've brought in people that do not belong to you. But I want Israel to know that I've done them the same way. I knew they were whores before I delivered them. I knew they were backsliding heifers even before I set them free. But yet I still blessed them with houses they did not build. I still made a way out of no way. And I've taken them in. Can I preach this? Good God Almighty. Look what God did for us. God did not marry Israel thinking they were virtuous. Woo, I'm going somewhere. When God delivered you, God knew your story. I need to preach to I say, you can fool some of the people some of the time. You may fool some church folk every now and then, but you can't fool God. God knows even the thoughts that are in your mind. God knows what you did last year, the year before that, and God knows what you would have done if you could find somebody to do it with. I hope y'all like me after this. But God can only take so much. Hosea, you're going to marry somebody whose reputation you already know. And I'm telling you before you marry her that she will not be faithful to you. And she will bring in your house for you to raise and eat at your table and put your money and clothe their backs with other men's children, men whose names she don't even know. But I still love you. I still love it. And on top of this, Hosea, having produced two children out of hoarding, having taken her back and raised her children for men she did not know, you gave her a second chance. But yet, because of her desire to do What is in her nature to do? She left you with her children to go back in the street and to sell herself again. Speak, Lord. But this is what I want you to do, Hosea. I want you to go get her. And I'm going to ask you to do the unthinkable. Go pay for your own wife. Because the only way you can bring her back, now what the text doesn't tell you that she had sold herself to a group of men and the only way Hosea could get her back is he had to buy her back. How can you buy what is already yours? Woman, I got your children in our house feeding them and here you are whoring again. Can I preach? God said, Israel, this is you. You have done this. To me, I've been a loyal husband to you, and I kept taking you back over and over again. You kept going back. Verse 7 of chapter 6 says this. The message Bible puts it this way. The Lord said through the prophet Hosea, you broke the covenant just like Adam. (laughs) You had a covenant with me. And you broke it. (laughs) Just like Adam. You broke faith with me. Look how he refers to them. You ungrateful wretches. These are God's words, not Pastor Jackson. God had every right to feel that way. Because God said, I've done for you what nobody else did. I'm looking on the faces of some folk that God cleaned up and Delivered from the other side of the track. There was a time in your life you didn't even own a suit. There was a time in your life that you didn't even own a decent dress. There was a time in your life nobody wanted to be with you, but look at you now. God has made you respectable. God has made you somebody. Some of you got positions and titles. God has blessed you on your job. God has brought you from a mighty long ways, but yet you have gone back to the very thing that God delivered you from. God say you are so ungrateful. And then I want to read something that I found in a commentary. I told you I wanted to preach this. Take my time this morning. And the preachers outline and commentary one of my favorite reference books. God reads verses eight and nine of chapter six of the book of Hosea and here is an interpretation of those verses. Listen to what God says. The people of Israel were guilty of murder. In fact, violence was running rampant throughout the nation. The cities of Gilead and Shechem. You know Gilead. Is there a bomb in Gilead? Gilead is supposed to be a place of refuge, a place of healing. Shechem, a place of refuge and healing. God said they had become major refuge for criminals as opposed to a refuge of safety and true justice for the innocent who were falsely accused. And then God said, because I don't want to excuse the preachers or the priests. God said, there's some preachers that ain't worth their name. He said, even the priests were guilty of robbery and assault. You stand before people, but yet you assault people. You lay with their women. You lay with children. You rob them. You take everything in the name. God says, listen, I don't care what your title is. I don't care who you are. I told the church this morning, God punished Aaron because of his own sons. One thing my daddy told me, he said, son, look, I will never condone your unrighteousness. You may be my son, but if you're not doing everything you want to do, I'll treat you like I treat everybody else and tell you, you are bound for hell. Even the priests are robbery, stealing, and assaulting. Verse number nine of the text. Nothing is sacred. To them, you've defiled the house of God. You've defiled your anointing, your title. Nothing seems to be sacred anymore. But look at verse number 10. You have sunk so deep in the mud. There's so people so deep in the mud. And God says, You were worshiping in a religious whorehouse. You turned the house of worship into a whorehouse. Just a place where you can come hook up and find the next date. A place where you can come and get off on somebody else and find somebody that you can stay in your life with. God said, this is not a house. I told the church this morning, it's worth telling right now, if there's anybody hitting on you in church, they ain't worth, they are not worth, let me speak correctly on this one. They are not worth your time. Because there's some folk don't come to worship God. They just come to distract you from worshiping God. They've turned God's house into a house. Let me tell you, God is so good, you don't have to hook up in church. If there's anybody who want to be with you, tell them love the Lord with all your heart. And if you want to find me, you can find me in the right place. But baby, when I come to church, I don't come to check you out. I come to lift my hands, and I don't care if my mascara run down my face. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, I didn't come to look cute, I came to give God a praise. Is there anybody in here know that God is worthy of your best? Yeah. Come on, somebody. God said, so you have defiled me. You've let me down. And then verse number 11. You have been sowing wild oats. Now is harvest time. You're gonna reap something. You're gonna wonder why your houses have burned down. You're gonna wonder why I sent King Nebuchadnezzar to destroy every street in your city. You're gonna wonder why the temple has been knocked down to ruins. You're gonna wonder why your children have nothing but malice and pain and discontent in their life. That's because you've been sowing your wild oats. You forgot about me. When you should have been praising me, you were praising yourself. When you should have been given to me, you were given to everything else and trying to build your own self up. But God said, you've done everything but thank me. And now it's harvest time. Look at somebody and say, painful harvest. God said, you're going to reap it because you've sown it in such a way that you don't even know yet how hard it's going to be. It's harvest time. I'm going to send you to Babylon. You will hang up your harps by the willow trees. You will lose your song. You will write in the psalmist, how can we sing God's song? In a strange land. Somebody say it's harvest time. Look at somebody and say it's harvest time. You've been evil. You've been mean. You've been rude. You've done all of that. You refuse to worship God. It's harvest time. There will come a time when you will call on the name of the Lord and you don't mean it and you're just doing it just to do it, God says you will not feel a thing. Preach, Pastor Jackson. It's harvest time. But here's the good news. I won't ever leave you without the good news. In Hosea chapter 14, God says to them, that although it's harvest time, I am going to give you a way out. That if you repent, and if you uh, confess, and if you faithfully serve me, I will build you back up. And all your, you deserve to have been totally destroyed. I won't let the enemy destroy you. I'll give you another opportunity. If you can come to yourself, here am I. Hosea chapter 14 verses 1 and 2 here's what it says return O Israel to the Lord your God for your sins have brought you down the message Bible puts it this way you are down but you're not out look at somebody and say you're not out whoo bring your confessions and return to the Lord and say to God forgive all of our sins and Graciously receive us so that we may offer you our praise. Then verse number four, the Lord says, Then I will heal you of your faithlessness. My love will know will no bounds, for my anger will be gone forever. In other words, God says, I know everything you've done. I know how bad you've been. But if you come to me and repent and confess and say, Lord, I, I just want another chance. I need you to change me, Lord. God says, I'll turn destruction around. And what was sent to destroy you, I'll block it. Can I preach to somebody? Look at somebody and say, it's not too late. Because Israel, for every Nebuchadnezzar, I raise up a King Darius. I raise up somebody who will deliver you out of your bondage and who can set you free. And I'll give you another chance. But you've got to ask the Lord for repentance. You've got to want the Lord to change you. And if you do, God will bless you again. You can avoid. The painful harvest, simply by saying, change me, Lord. Here I am. Everybody stand to your feet. I want you to do something a little different this morning. Come on, Francis. Come on, choir. And I want you to hear this this morning. This one will take some courage. But we all have been there. How many of you know that you haven't always done what you should do? How many of you know that you are so far from perfect? And it is only by God's grace that you have not been destroyed. Your painful harvest could have taken you out. Sometimes God just sends a painful harvest to remind you it is not a destructive harvest. It is not something that is final. God can give you another chance the song say change me oh God make me more like you change me oh God and wash me through and through creating me a clean heart so that I can worship you this is what I want to do I want the elders and the pastors to come and just stand at the altar before anybody comes because here's what I'm asking want Francis to sing this song and then I want somebody who knows that God can change something in your life if you're bold enough to walk down those aisles in the midst of thousands of people that are in this place God can do something in your life come on, come on yeah.
1: change me oh God make me more now listen
0: that's right if you want that transformation in your life only those that want that serious transformation i need you to come stand ministers where are you i talked to him this is not about church membership this is about what god can do for you that's right if you want that change in your life I had to preach this, mother. I had had to preach this. Amen. I had to preach it. Yeah. God says, I want to change you. I want to change you. I want to worship you. Lord, I'm not what I
1: ought to be, but you can change me. You can change.
0: God, to change something really in your life that you can't change yourself. You can't change it yourself. Uh, so, that
1: I so that I may work, worship you. One more time. Change me oh God. Change me oh God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, Make God. me more. Yeah, So that, I, so that I, so that I, may yeah. worship You. Listen, just before you move on to
0: the next one, here's what God says to those of you that add this altar, and I'm gonna need some help for those of you that staff because God directed me to do this, and you need God in your life as a saving force. As a you, you want to change your life and dedicate yourself to the Lord. You haven't always done that. If you add this altar, just raise those hands if you're here. Andrea, others, get me those note cards. Somebody find me a note and And here's what we're going to do. God told me do this different. We aren't taking you in the back. Everybody whose hands are raised, you all give them a note card. Y'all look in the back. Other staff members get it and come on, give it to the ministers and I just want you to change me, oh Lord. Raise those hands if if you want that. Give them a card. And here's what I want you to do. Thank you, brother. I want you all to write down your name and and your contact. I want you to write your name and contact just before church is over. Somebody's going to be standing at this altar at the church. Amen. Amen. Our staff will be waiting at the church to get those cards. God, God, so many of you, we aren't even going to take you all in the back right now. Somebody from this ministry will call you this week. We will call you this week. Change me.
1: Change me, oh God.
0: I look at them, they're writing them down, people write writing them, yeah.
1: like you,
0: you may have to wait until you go in the back, if you got a pen, get me some ink pens, young. anybody got pins and stuff, I know we want to write the names,
1: oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Change, Change men. me, oh God. That's right. Write those names down. Make me more. If you can write it down, just pass it back to the ministers. Like just give us a contact. Give us the best number to reach you. Amen. Yeah,
1: oh
0: preachers and ministers, I need some ministers this week. We need to be on this. Okay, I need. Man. We need to reach Ooh. out to everybody. Ooh. Create. Create. We're going to call you before Tuesday night. We're going to call you before Tuesday night, Yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So that I I may worship. So that I may worship. So that I may worship.
0: I just want to worship.
1: So that I may worship. Lord, I want to worship you. Now listen, as the choir sings the rest of
0: the song, if you are praying for somebody else who's not here, you want God to change something in their lives, I need you to come and just stand at this altar. Come on.
1: I need you to change me. Woo!
0: That's right, change
1: That's right, come on Look at you, God, I need you
0: Do it, he will change do it, me. do it. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I, I want
1: like you. love, Lord. Change me. Ooh. Yeah. Change me. Yeah. Ooh. me. Do you it, Lord. To
0: those hands. God can change your painful harvest into a blessed harvest.
1: God's gonna change your painful harvest.
0: Right now.
1: I want to talk like you walk on. And I want to talk like you talk. A wonderful change. A A wonderful (laughs) wonderful change.
0: Look at somebody and say, God's changing something right now. You don't even know it here. But God's changing something and somebody you're praying for his life right now do it right now Lord a wonderful woo,
1: yeah. Yeah. Change me, yeah. Ooh.
0: Put your hands right here on your hearts. Ooh, change. God is doing something phenomenal today. Look at all of these cards that we've received. You don't have to remain in a painful harvest. God can turn what was painful into something that is blessed. Whew. Here's what I told the church this morning. I, I had to learn this from a personal experience. There were times in my life that I prayed that God would change my enemies. I said, Lord, I don't know why they hate me. I don't know why they like me. I need you to change them. There were other times I prayed that God would change my situation. I said, Lord, this is so difficult, so painful. I need you to change it. But then I realized something. And God said, you've been praying the wrong prayer. I've been praying that God would change my enemies or that God would change my situations when I should have been praying, change me. So that if my enemy never changes, I'll be all right. If my situation never changes, I'll be all right. Come on, anybody want God to change you? A wonderful... Uh, woo. Woo. God's about to change you. Come on, put your hands right here. Say, change me, Lord. God is about to change you. I'm so glad. Woo.
1: One I'm, I'm so glad, so glad.
0: Lord, we thank you For what the enemy thought would be painful for the rest of our lives. You said that you're going to change us. And if you change us, the situation will change. <laughs> thank you, Lord. You don't have to change my enemy. Just just change how I feel about my enemy. <laughs> just, just change how I respond to what my enemy is doing to me. Woo. So that I'll be all right. I can make it through this. Have your way, Lord. I thank you. Because this is not... Church like it used to be. You are changing individuals, Lord. This is not about church organization or church membership. This is about transformation. So as you change these lives, their situations will change because that is what you've already declared. And we thank you in advance and declare that it is already done. In Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Oh Amen. Clap those hands and give God a hand of praise. Come on, come on, tell it. Come on, God bless you.
1: And as you
0: go back to your seat, just celebrate. They want to join the church. You just see one of the
1: ministers or the elders. Come on, sign the card. Amen. You see the Lord change me. I'm not what I
0: used to be. Listen, listen, listen. This brother came and said, God has healed me. He has stage four cancer. Whew. He may have lost a little weight, but that's all right. God said, you're going to get it back. Amen. Everybody punch your hands this way. Amen. In the name of Jesus, what you've done for this brother, you can do for somebody else. We thank you, Lord, for you're still in the healing business. You're still in the deliverance business. Thank you. It is already done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, come on. I'm so glad. of cards we're going to reach out to you but god said sometimes we've been too obsessed with building church organizations and we forgot this is about the kingdom somebody's going to call you this week and if you want to join the churches let them know but if you don't you don't have to join the church amen but god will still bless you i, I just want you to join the kingdom amen I want you to be a part of the kingdom blessings that God is blessing you with. Amen. Come back on Tuesday night. We have three points that we were not able to share today. And we're going to do this, and we're going to touch and agree that God can do what God has decided he's going to do. Amen. Come on again. I look at somebody and say, here, change me. Come on, change me. I'm so glad. Come on, one more time. Somebody just lift your hands and say, "Thank God a man can change." Yeah.
1: Change. Change. change, I'm so glad. I'm so glad.
0: Give God a praise for the Word of God. What a powerful word.